Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host Maxine, we're on episode 111. I just got a new apartment, okay? New apartment, who this? I'm gonna just change my number now, just because I got a new apartment, I need a new number. I need to get a landline. I need to get a landline phone. I'm, I don't think... I can't, I don't think I have the words to express the joy. Clearly you hear it in my voice, but there is just such a joy that I'm feeling and it's it's gratitude mixed with joy, mixed with excitement, mixed with awe and mixed with being in the present, you know, being in the present moment and just really being in awe of, wow, I'm here i'm finally in my own home no it's not a house but it's my apartment and i'm so happy and thrilled about it and obviously you know you guys know why you know prior to me moving to this new apartment that i'll talk about in a bit but um i was staying with my uncle's house and that was to say the least that was not the best um, if you could go, if you want to just go back to the episode titled Don't Put Baby in a Corner, you'll know why I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, so go back to that episode and listen to that. But I, I would just say, you know, there's nothing like living in your own space and being in your own environment, you know, having things the way you want them to be, cooking what you want, being clean right and things staying clean (laughs) like i just i'm just so grateful and being in this mindset now of recognizing that i am worthy of what i want i am worthy of what i need and not doubting myself is such a a beautiful experience It's, it's a beautiful moment and it's just a beautiful feeling to feel because you know for so long i've been feeling this whole imposter syndrome i've been feeling unworthy um i remember when i first moved here i'm saying first moved like i moved here several times no but like when i the first uh few months even first few weeks of me living in houston i was not feeling comfortable in just the newness of it all i was feeling unworthy i was just doubting myself all the time um, previous to the job that I have now, I was working at this horrible, it was not horrible, but like this very, very small school. But my experience at that school was horrible. The school may not be horrible. It's great for the students, right? They're, they're thriving where they were at that time when I was working there. But that work experience was by far top two and not two, okay, uh, of the worst job experience I've ever had. And I say that because you guys know, I forgot which episodes I talk about, I mean, much earlier on. So if you wanna go back to the 2018 episodes, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I stayed at that job for 11 weeks. And I will never forget the amount of time I stayed there because I was literally counting down the days until somebody else was, until Panera Bread was hiring, nigga. Like I wanted out. But Maxine, you're an educator. I would work at Panera Bread to not work at this damn school anymore. I'm talking about, again, I'm talking about the previous school I was working at. 
when I moved to Houston and I just, I hated it there. I hated it there. And primarily why I hated it there is there was this, this doubt placed upon me at the workplace. I remember everything I did there. Mind you, she came to find me, to hire me. She went out of her way to fly me down to Houston. I moved to Houston because of that job. I mean, not because of that job, but that job was a conduit for me getting here. So it's all a blessing, right? When you look back at it, look back at it. But it was just a horrible experience. You know how you got to get through things to realize, okay, I get what God did there, but damn, I had to go through that. I had to go through this job in order, I had to get this job in order to be here in Houston. Yes, there's many people who have moved to different areas without having a job solidified. I was not going to be one of those people. I just did not feel comfortable doing that with my anxiety the way it was back then. I just could not feel comfortable doing that. So I needed to have something secure and that job was the, I'm, I'm just going to say their name. I'm not going to say their name. I'm just going to say SLP, okay? SLP was the conduit for me to get to Houston. So cool. I'm in Houston. I made it. I finally moved and, you know, I did what I said I wanted to do. And now I'm at this shitty ass job. And it's not the students that are shitty. I mean, some of them were kind of shitty because they were like super privileged kids and like very entitled. But it was the establishment itself the boss there the boss she was everything i did she doubted she just made me feel like i didn't know anything like i didn't have years of experience in this field and every idea i displayed every 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 agenda that i may have uh wanted to addend or what's the word, but you know, everything I wanted to put forward and show myself that, hey, here's something that we could do here, or hey, here's what I'm implementing here, or hey, um, any opinion, like anything I did as far as my teaching practice, even the way I would teach the students, she had a problem with. It was literally, I remember I was teaching, mind you, I made, I'm very, if, you, if you've ever met me, I'm really a dope ass bitch. Like, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I'm really that girl. I'm very genuine. I'm very, um, I like to connect with people emotionally and just on some natural, I just like to get to know people and like to make you feel comfortable and connected, you know? And I do that, of course, with my students as well as a teacher. So as I'm teaching the content, you know, implementing strategies to strengthen students skills for meeting this objective you know doing all this teacher stuff you know my teachers know what i'm talking about i am also being kind to students right i'm also hearing hey what they did for the weekend you know i'm also kind of feeding into their identity who they are while teaching them while presenting best practices for them to be successful at this skill for them to be stronger writers and readers and all you know critical thinkers all of that yet me doing that right me being a genuine ass bitch i mean that's this is naming what it is right me being a genuine ass bitch was not good basically 
I needed to be this stern ass woman and I'm just not that girl. Like I don't like when I get mad, I don't even like to stay mad for too long. I just like, okay, are we done? Like I love to smile, I love to laugh. I like to have a good time and I make my students, I make people around me, but in particular my students, I make them feel like they're having a good time whilst learning, you know? And when she would see me, when she would watch me uh, teach and she'll notice, oh, I'm smiling, the kids are smiling, or they're laughing and I'm laughing and they're doing their work, right? They're still writing down stuff or on the computer, completing a task. I would get this look from her like, huh? Like, what's going on over there? And she was this white, older woman. Not old, but probably in her 40s. Just She'll have this, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this expression. Y'all can't see it, obviously. But she'll she'll tilt her head. She'll squint her eyes. And she'll be like, hmm, what's, what's, what's going on over here? As if learning can't be fun. As if learning cannot be a good time. As if you must be sweating, in tears, not having fun. And that is the mindset that was already, like that's a red, that was a red flag enough, right? But I'm in this position, I, you know, I have to have a job in order to pay my rent. I have to have a job to support myself, you know, and all of these things were going through my mind. So I felt like, okay, I just gotta, you know, persevere, push through. And I remember, you know, so there'll be multiple moments of her giving me this look and making me feel like, oh, I shouldn't, like, I can't be myself. I can't be myself while teaching. I can't uh, continue to display my wonderful characteristics while teaching. I have to transform into this robot for her. When bitch, hire a robot. <laughs> Hello, I'm a black woman. Like, I I'm gonna have personality for the uh, look. I know I'm generalizing, but for the most part, I'm gonna have personality. And being also, let's talk about diversity. Because this was a very small school. Sorry, guys. This was this was a very small school that um, had I want to tell y'all twenty students. When I say twenty students, I mean twenty students in total. Huh? How does, what is that? I don't, I don't understand. Right. It's a very, very small school. Very, very small school. Um, and the school started off as a homeschooling situation. And she was able to get the homeschooling into a building certified into a school licensed building. Okay. So those homeschool students would now enter the building facility during school hours. And will learn via an online portal. So they're on campus, students are on campus, but they're all logged into a system, they all have laptops, and they're all learning through a, a teacher online who's not a real teacher, like it's not someone like through Zoom. It's totally different. This was pre-COVID, you guys. So them going through COVID now, I'm sure they they were already like all set, right? But prior to COVID, it was a situation that I just didn't understand. You hired me because you said you wanted to implement more traditional or start implementing traditional classroom practices. And through my interview with her, through several, mind you, we had like two interviews back to back and then I, they flew me in to interview them in person and had me wait 
on pins and needles in my hotel room until I get a call back. I got a call back from the the boss's husband who's also in partnership with the school and he's asking me other questions. He's okay, I'll give you a call back. Like, nigga playing with me. Y'all playing with me right now. Like, literally playing with me. And I'm in my hotel room just like, okay, I pack all my things just to wait. What? What are we doing? Are you hiring me or not? Uh, Obviously they did. But I was on pins and needles just to be hired. And so all of this is how the school is ran, right? Like there is um, just a homeschool ethic to it. And when she hired me, she, as I said in my interview, I was very honest. I didn't lie about anything. I said, hey, you know, I, not hey, but, you know, I shared my experience. I am a traditional a classroom teacher and this is what I've done throughout the years this, these are the practices I I've done um, this is what I would do in this scenario and with teacher interviews they will give you scenarios sometimes and you will present your solution to that scenario to that problem that scenario or you'll also model a classroom a class lesson you know um, with students and teaching that skill so just the first just the first part was completed and she said that she wanted to implement classroom traditional practices and um would listen to what i said and everything sounded good over the phone she was in agreement she loved what i said like we were on the same page so i flew in with that in mind like okay i'm entering this new position this new job with the acceptance of who I am, with the acceptance of my experience in said um, field, right? So when all of a sudden she flipped the switch on me and everything I did was wrong, everything I did wasn't good enough, it started eating at me, okay? And that's another sign when things are not okay. When you're in a, and I'm gonna be specific to workplaces, when you're in a workplace that does not affirm you, that's a red flag to get the fuck out. Whatever you can, Panera, I don't think of Panera, I'm hungry right now, but I don't know why Panera Bread's in my mind. But literally, like, if there is no affirmation to who you are or what you contribute and everything that you say is being discouraged and just doubted and looked down upon as if you don't know shit, that is enough to consider, hey, I don't need to be here. I can find somewhere else that actually appreciates me and not just tolerates me, right? That actually wants to hear from me and actually um, respects what I'm saying. And I'm so grateful to have a workplace, to have a job now that I've been working for the past, um, well, ever since I left that job. So the 11 weeks that I spent at SLP is now... um, is, is over obviously and ever since then I've been working at the job that I'm at now I'm so grateful for the job that I have now because it's it's very affirming it's very um I feel recognized I feel seen and with the previous job I felt so dismissed and it started eating up at me as I was saying it started eating up at me and I was starting to doubt my own self I was starting to feel like hmm Maybe I don't know what I'm doing maybe I'm not maybe this wasn't right for me maybe I made the wrong decision so that all of that led into me experiencing and and really identifying with the imposter syndrome that I was learning about. And 
that led into my increased anxiety and then led into my unworthiness feelings and uh, being in my apartment in my previous apartment at that time and feeling like I can't I can't settle in here they're gonna snatch it away from me this was a lie everything's gonna be taken away from like I was going crazy okay but God but God but God but um anyway I got I say all that to say I'm just so grateful to be where I am right now and though my of course my original plan was to purchase a home but I realized you know this is not the right time for me right now and it's okay while I am still growing more in my literacy when it comes to finances and just in everything that I'm doing I'm growing more in my mindset I'm growing more in my emotional well-being and my mental health and that's really what's most important I'm so grateful to be in this mindset now so shout out to me new apartment who it is because it really is who it is like wow I've grown so much and to if you guys want to just listen back to previous episodes and listen to just the anxiety that I was just struggling with I was really debilitating from anxiety for such a long time and um, I'm just I've moved forward from that point and it's, it's really amazing like when I tell you guys the view like it's really dope so I'm really grateful for that I also just want to point out why I'm just realizing more that Boston Bay really didn't give a fuck about me like (laughs) like what how did we get here we got here because you know when I moved to Houston this was during the time when being Boston Bay was still talking and he knew I was initially thinking about it. And then when it all happened so fast, I moved before getting having a really chance, really having a chance to say goodbye. And even if I wanted to say goodbye, it's hard with Boston Bay because he's very spontaneous. He doesn't really have plans <laughs> when it comes to me, at least. It's not like, oh, hey, we're hanging out every day or, oh, hey, we're hanging out every two days no it's it's whenever he wants and at that time i was always available for him and always willing and able so even if i wanted to see him prior to me jumping on a plane and heading to houston i probably wasn't going to and i probably i wasn't going to i know i wasn't going to because it was under his terms so anyway when i moved here and you know i i told him i told him oh i got the i got the job i moved and um, I'm now in Houston and he said, oh my gosh, wow. That's like, you know, so he's first of, you know, congratulating me saying I would love Houston and would also say throughout conversations we've had since, um, my, my move, he'll say, oh, how he, how he will visit me, how he will fly down. And he never has, he never has for me. There was never an attempt to fly down here to come see Maxine. It was, he actually has a friend down here that um, who he hangs out with. Like they apparently, they have planned, he and his crew of boys, his crew of niggas, okay? His, his crew of drug dealer niggas. They have a plan every other, I don't know how many times, but they, they plan out times to fly out and come together and, you know, go to strip clubs and, you know, be niggas. And one of his boys live in Houston. He would make purpose plans, right? Purposeful plans to go 
fly out and be with his nigga and his niggas all together and they're out and blah, blah, blah. Yet he never made an intent to come see me. And I remember there was a time when he flew down and me and him was not talking at that time, one of our off periods. And he hits me up on some, hey, Max, or hey, he would call me this actually rude ass pet name, but hey, hey, punk. That's what he would call me, punk. Damn, I was in an abusive relationship. <laughs> but I took it like, oh, punk. <laughs> Girl, seek help, which I'm going to talk about. I went to therapy last week. Like I said, I would, and that was amazing, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, so he'll call me punk. <laughs> but not all the time. Let me just explain myself. Like, damn, Maxie, really? Let me just explain myself. Not all the time. He will say sweetheart. He'll say bae or no babe sometimes, but a majority of the time it was punk. But in an endearing way, you know how you call your niggas nigga? That's what... <laughs> but no, it's still not okay. Just think about it right now. I'm like, damn, I was called punk by a man who I liked and would let him enter inside of me. Okay, this is not okay. Lesson learned. So anyway, he'll fly in to see his niggas. And yet this woman who had me, the woman you've been sleeping with, the woman who you have somewhat consistent conversations with and you've been cons somewhat consistently for three or four years now um just been in this space with emotionally and you haven't made one effort to come see me huh like just just very it's crazy to say the least it's very crazy and um me moving I didn't realize at the time, like, you know, honestly, let me just give y'all some context. Like, I come from a background. <laughs> I feel like I'm shitting on my background. I'm really not trying to. But I'm just trying to give some context. I don't really have people in my life who give gifts. Like, I don't, I, I don't have people, oh my gosh, you're moving. Let me, let me assist you with this. Or let me, let me um gift you with this anything right i don't get gifts i really don't and gifts has not like gift giving has never really been my love language but i think i'm like oh you know i'm not materialistic it's not a big deal right that will be my instance i don't know if you guys are hearing the ambulance i'm well just excuse it so sorry but um there is yeah i've never had the the opportunity to really be a gift giver type of love language person right because i just never really been giving gifts so it was it was never even an option okay so like my parents they don't give gifts like it's my birthday it's just happy birthday um what my parents would do whenever i would turn the age of my birthday they'll give me that money they'll give me money in that exact age which is it's a cute thing that we've been doing like since i was a teenager even younger probably so that's the thing but i don't get gifts like oh here's a bracelet i bought for you i care about you here's or even a gift card like it's just i don't get gifts so I was never in the mindset of getting gifts, of even thinking that, oh, this is an opportunity to give me a gift, you know? And when I think about now, like having this new apartment and 
being settled in or being more settled in there's a few more things i could add in and make everything a little bit more perfect for me but i just don't even think about oh this is an opportunity for some people that they so choose to give me a gift for this new place this new home and typically it's more reserved for those who purchase houses right here's your housewarming gift and there's this like bourgeoisie that a lot of people have when it comes to house um ownership and uh apartment owner well not ownership but apartment renting ship <laughs> and as if like when you get a new apartment you should not you shouldn't really be given gifts for it and it's uh it's actually very elitist i realize that now coming from just the mindset that i have now on it but you know new spaces can receive new gifts okay not once did Boston Bay, he knew I moved to Houston, you know, in 2018. He knew I got an apartment. He knew, like, and I actually gave him my address because one time he said, oh, you know, give me your address and give me a copy of your keys. And in my head, I'm like, oh, this is cute. Like, this is an opportunity for us to be closer. No. And I was just, you know, very, just low self-esteem, okay, to say the least. So I took that and I thought like, oh, this is so sweet. You know, this is nice. That's enough. But he knew my address because I gave it to him. And I didn't give him a set of keys because he, he never, well, that never happened. And he never came to see me directly. Um, but he never made it a point to say, hey, what's your... um." apartment number again, I'm sending you a housewarming gift. Or, hey, do you have a registry for things that you may need in your apartment? Hey, I heard you've been talking about getting these bar stools. Um, here's, here's the money for it. Or here is the gift. Here's the gift of it, right? He's never done that. And I'm just... Because I was never this gift giver, gift receiver, love language person, because I never experienced that, I just didn't really think about that. Now, I'm realizing, damn, that's really fucked up. Like, that's really, really fucked up. And what makes me realize that is Freckles Bay. So Freckles Bay, you know, I introduced you guys to him a few episodes ago, and this man, I can't even call him a nigga because I think there's there's niggas, you know, and then there's men. <laughs> niggas don't give a give a fuck about you. Niggas are just there to nig, right? To get what they get, to to put their dick in you because you're a warm body. Okay, men, men are men, right? Men are genuine men care and look there are some whack but when i say whack ass niggas i'm talking about niggas i'm not talking about men right you know so i hope i'm making sense to somebody but men take care of who they care for right or take some concern take some consideration and what i appreciate about freckles bay is when we had you know, when we had this whole power outage, I was explaining what was happening with uh, the residence I was in at that time and how there was no water and I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I was just like, you know, just 
chopping it up saying that i wasn't saying it in a way you gotta do something hello like i don't i don't ever ask i don't ever uh put it out there so you could pick it up and give me what i need in the moment i don't ever it's just we're having a conversation, you ask me a question, or we're just conversing about this, and I so happen to share, oh yeah, I don't have water. <laughs> oh yeah, the the hot, the um, the heat is out. Oh well, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, it's never on some, uh, what you gonna do about it, nigga, you know? So while me, like while we just even talking about it, y'all, he's, he's checking in, he's making sure I'm good, he's uh, concerned that, um, I, I'm not in heat right now and he's offering some solution, right? He's actually caring. He's taking steps. And mind you, we're not necessarily close in a physical like vicinity. He's not near me. He's about two hours out and there's no way for him to, sure, if he wanted to drive out, sure, right? But that's not the point. The point is he still showed he cared through his um his conversation with me through our text through our phone calls through through moments like that when you have this nigga boston bay and i don't even want to give him that name anymore because i'm just like damn nigga didn't give one fuck about me <laughs> you know how you just get out of, of an abusive because i'm really that's, that's what i'm naming it that's really what it was when you get out of of an abusive relationship, you realize, God damn, I was abused. No, he didn't hit me, thank God. But the emotional and mental abuse, wow. I'm just, I'm just like realizing more and more. And when you compare, when you know, sometimes we naturally compare men to each other, you know, some a present bow with a, a former bow. You you compare their personalities. You compare their actions. And when I compare the two, I'm just like, wow, that's a nigga, and this is a man. That's a nigga. Say it with me, and this is a man. And you know, so another example of that is when uh, Freckles Bay. Even ask, hey, do you have a registry for your apartment? Is there some things that, you know, just, what? I don't even think that way because I don't even think that people would care or people would make time to gift me anything. That's really how I think, y'all. It's not even on some, oh, in romantic relationships, I, I don't feel like, you know, I haven't experienced gift giving. No, no, no. It's just with everything. Like, I don't really have friends who just give gifts. And that's no shot to friends. It's just, we don't, I just, I haven't experienced that. And everyone is really kind of just in their own lane. Everyone's doing what they're doing. And it's like a survival, you know, doggy dog world. And um, it's just kind of sucky. So <laughs> I don't have the expectation that somebody could care enough to even ask, hey, do you need anything? Or hey, do you have any, do you have a regist registry? Like, what so me thinking me you know freckles bay even presenting that just makes me angrier at boston bay like it's not even awesome Freckles. like i appreciate freckles bay for doing like all of that but like boston bay i just get so mad like god damn <laughs> god damn um because wow not once did he ask me 
if I wanted anything, if I'm good, if there's something that I'm missing and he could, you know, offer X, Y, and Z. Not once did he ask me if I've eaten. Nigga, how about, you know what's love to me? Love to me is, hey, have you eaten today? No, I haven't eaten yet. I'm hungry. Boom. Cash at me. Uber eats me. Not to say I can't do it for myself, but that's an extension. That's a display of your care, right? You're not physically here, but I'm experiencing your presence because this is a present, right? Of you gifting me food, right? Food is not a gift, but you know what I mean? Like you actually care enough to order me this item, this food, this delivery. I'm hungry. That is it. Like you, he doesn't add, he, Boston may never ask me if I've eaten today. Child. The only time he has was when we were physically together and I'm at his house and you know, you got to eat before you fuck. Right? Like that's just like common decency. <laughs> but that's been the only time. And I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm not lying. That That's really been the only time. He's never cared about me outside of when can we fuck, basically. He never said those, you know, those exact words in that order, you know, that question in particular. But I realized, wow, I was really just a woman in his life who was a warm body, right? Because I'm alive, <laughs> <laughs> a woman in his life who's a warm body who he could fuck that that's really it and I'm sitting with that and I'm just like wow this this is crazy and I, you know there's some sadness that I feel there's a there's remorse there's this just a mixture of feelings like there's anger there's just everything like damn you did me wrong and damn I did myself wrong. I take ownership and I take responsibility for even being in that position for as long as I was. And there's all of these things and I'm just so mad. I'm so mad thinking about it. Like, ah, uh, that's really what I feel. It's anger for the most part. The fact that you just, you just never really give a fuck about me. <laughs> like, oh wow, you just don't, oh, you just don't give a fuck about me. But you have Freckles Bay who I've known for maybe three months now, who has shown more care, more genuineness, um, I don't know the word, but more of that, more of a man than Boston Bay has ever been to me. It's, it's, it's crazy. So you know how people say, you know, oh, you know, I've been with my ex for, you know, for six years and they would talk about marriage but marriage never eventually happened, but they were with each other for such a long time, right? Six years, 10 years even, yet they will break up and that woman, let's just keep it to, to the girlfriend, right? That girlfriend would be in her next relationship, six months, that nigga locks it down. That man, excuse me, locked it down, they get married, they're happily in love. And it's like, wait, how did that even happen? She was with this guy for six months, but she was with her ex for six years. How, how did she not marry him 
how did I, how did they not get into marriage yet with this man for six months they immediately lock it down and it just happens that way sometimes when you're just with someone who's comfortable when you're with someone who's convenient and you're not in a position on your own to move to that next level yet there's no forward movement it just is what it is but now when you're with someone else who is there who's present who who wants what you want who loves and cares for you and want more they're on the same page and it it progresses so i don't put time into things anymore i don't think to myself oh well we've been together for two years that means you know marriage no like i could marry to a nigga three months okay like you know but the point is what the point is now that's um that's just what i want to start off with real quick because i just realized like damn boston may just never really gave a fuck about me <laughs> i'm laughing because you know i laugh at everything that's my coping me- mechanism but gut like that <laughs> like just just think to yourself like wow my ex never really gave a fuck about me wow okay wow so that brings me to talk about chris and Paige from married at first sight because child if y'all are up to date hey i don't even know where to begin i really don't i feel like if anything if i'm Paige, i'm suing the shit out of lifetime hello can i say it again if i am Paige and y'all experts married me or match me to this nigga and he's a nigga he's nobody's man okay y'all match me to this man who swears he's god-fearing um he comes from a line of pastors and deacons in his family and that's enough for me to feel convinced because i'm a god-fearing woman i love god and i want my man here's the problem i think you know we're gonna go here real quick because Oftentimes, Christian women will get themselves fucked up in the name of God. And I'm saying that with all due respect because it's so quick for Christian women, many of them, not all of them, to say, well, you know, God wouldn't give me anything I can't bear. and God ordained marriage. God loves marriage and God hates divorce. And yet they're in this sufferable marriage sufferable this man is hurting you in more ways than one and yet you're sticking with it because god ordained this and i'm speaking like Paige because she whispers when she talks she's very soft-spoken and child if i was if i was (laughs) i was you know i would start laughing i would start laughing when i'm and it's so funny with me when I get mad, when I get happy, when I get sad, all of that, I'm always, there's, there's a laughter somewhere. I'm going to laugh at some point. So you don't know what's coming up. But when I'm laughing and I'm angry at you, please leave my vicinity because I will fuck you up. I, I will find something. I will do something, anything that's necessary to fuck you up. Yet Paige, she talks in this voice and she's so subtle and she's so calm yet 
bitch this nigga is hurting you he is dragging you through the mud okay so let me just run down a list of things a list of things that this nigga has done to her okay and again he's a nigga not a man first they get married he tells her um he sees her at the altar or no, he, he's at the altar. He sees her walking down. And let's backtrack real quick. Because prior to them getting married or seeing each other, he consistently says throughout um, his interviews on the show, he really wants his wife to be attractive. And the worst thing, um, you know, what the worst that could happen is if he's not attracted to his wife, if his wife is quote-unquote ugly, which is just horrible, right? Like, who says that word at the age 29 or 26? Like, he was, he's around my age. And he says the word ugly. If my wife is ugly, then um, that would be the worst thing ever. And a few things that he said about what he wants in his wife is he wants for her to be a freak, right? He wants for her to be submissive. And he wants to have children fast. <sighs> already like I'm turned off if a nigga tells me as soon as I meet you excuse me a nigga tells me as soon as I meet you I want you to bear my children I'm running to the door to the parked car to the yacht to the convertible to the bus to the train I'm finding different transportation vehicles to get the fuck out I'm leaving. I'm putting on my track shoes, my mountain hiking boots. I'm finding a way to go. That is not attractive to me. Don't talk about kids the first day we meet or the fifth day we meet. I don't want to hear shit about kids, okay? I already work with kids. I don't want to hear shit about me bearing them. Especially three, four, five. I want a huge family. Then go fuck somebody else. You could have you started. <laughs> you don't have to start with me. <laughs> You don't have to start with me. You don't have to continue with me. We do not have to be this family that you so want for yourself. That is not what I'm interested in, okay? He immediately starts talking about how he wants to have children. And look, I get it. It's married at first sight. They're literally marrying their spouse at first sight. It's literally the title of the show. So some things may be backwards, right? Um, but still, once you get married, you, you could agree or come to terms of, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do. And children could be down the line, three, four, five, 10, 12, 20. <laughs> but me, that's just my adverse uh, thoughts around children and bearing them and being a mother and all that stuff. But that's a whole different conversation. I just feel like that's enough for me to be on the run, fugitive, missing, like I would find a whole fake ID, okay? He says all these things prior to them getting married. So he sees her walking down the aisle and his face, yo, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. You have to watch the show, but his he's not pleased. Let me just say that, he is not pleased. There is nothing pleased about the situation for him. He is not at all attracted to this woman. So that's that's enough, right? So that's one. He's not attracted to her. Next, he tells her that, right? He tells her and he tells his he tells her friends at the wedding. He says it like, "Well, you know, she's not someone I typically would would go for." 
she's not his type um but you know that's just how he's feeling so they get married he then tells her that he actually ends up having sex with her that same night so their honeymoon night and that following morning and the following morning he tells her that he's not attracted to her so she's upset she's confused because wait what we we fucked you ain't my pussy <laughs> you're not attracted to me I I ate your ass out. You're not attracted to me. I'm having your children. You're not attracted. You, I'm just saying, you know, like, there's so many things that women would think, oh, of course he's attracted to me because I've given him so much, right? We've experienced so much together. What do you mean you're not attracted to me? And this brings me to Boston, babe, because I was thinking, like, damn, this nigga never really gave a fuck about me. And we fucked many times. And I think about, like, damn, maybe he wasn't attracted to me. Maybe um, there was just nothing there yet me being a warm body because I'm alive and I was available and ready at his whim that made made him just available to do what he did towards me. And, of course, it was consensual. He didn't rape me or anything. I'm just making that clear. But the, the fact of the matter is sometimes people could men could have sex with women and be not attracted to them. Like, it really doesn't matter. Um, men could have sex with women and not be in love with that woman, not be um, interested in seeing her continuously, not at all. And look, I've done the same. There's been a few niggas that I wish I never even looked at yet I open my legs too. Like, shit happens sometimes. Shit happens. It will not happen again. Let's say that. But shit has happened. So I understand that. But sometimes it sucks to receive that and be the receiving end. Like, damn, we fucked. And you just you just never really cared. You just, you just didn't give a fuck about me. Like, I'm just really stuck on the fact that boss may really never give a fuck about me. But okay. So um, that is one of the other things. So next... He then, a few episodes, probably two episodes later, three, a few episodes later, y'all, he, oh, prior to him getting married at first sight, he was actually engaged to his ex-fiance, to, to, yeah, so he was engaged to ex-fiance literally three months ago, they broke up three months ago, and apparently the whole process of getting on the show is is uh long it's definitely not just a one day situation no no it's it's strenuous it's it's a long process it's, it's a couple of months so while he was knee deep in the process of getting on the show he was already in a relationship a relationship that was leading to marriage it eventually ended obviously but it was leading to marriage so he was engaged prior he then goes on, gets on the show and marries this stranger who he's not attracted to, but he wouldn't have known that until he meets her and marries her. Then um, come to find out his ex-fiance is pregnant with his child, okay, with his seed. And he's telling, he tells his wife that, and he does it in such a aggressive manner. Please go watch the show and let me know how y'all think. But he just, he grabs her arm and brings her to the bathroom talking about, He's turning on the, the, the faucet, the shower. Like, like, nigga, you're in a show. 
Do you know you're in a show? You signed a contract to be filmed and to be heard. You can't just be hiding out into a fucking oven. Nigga will go in the oven just so no one, no cameras follow him. Are you okay? Do you know what you're on? You're on TV. So he tells Paige, yeah, my ex-fiance, she's pregnant. And at this moment, you know, damn bitch, girl, if this is not enough of a sign for you to leave and get the fuck out, then I don't know what is. But she doesn't leave. She <laughs> Paige remains in this marriage. She, of course, is struck by the news. She is not happy by it. Um, but she's still very much soft-spoken. She's still very much um, not confident enough. I think that's the word. Like, there is a low self-esteem that I'm realizing in her that I I could see very easily because I understand it because I've been there. And she's 26. I know some people might think, well, that's grown. Uh, no, nah, not really. And I also remember myself when I was 26 four years ago because I'm 30 now. But 26 me, I was not... 30-year-old me. I was not this outspoken, more confident, more established in who I am and my identity and all that. I was not that then. And there are some women who are that at 26, but there are many women who are not. So I understand how you could be caught up in these emotionally abusive relationships and then think you are deserving of such. She actually was, Paige was in a relationship prior to Chris of being with this man who had kids already and I don't know if he had kids on her I don't know if he had a baby on her but he had kids already and she played stepmom for a little bit and she actually was taking care of the kids for a time being she shared and she shared this on the show giving some context like well you know this is not the first time I've been through something like this and I'm not new to this I'm true to this trying to brag about like not brag but you know trying to be like this this boss ass bitch like girl this is not something to be happy about <laughs> I am ashamed for you the fuck like this is not something to be strong about no leave and the problem is, and I'm going back to what I said about the cold Christian women and bringing God into it and not leaving something because God ordained it. God has nothing to do with this. But it's marriage. They got married. It was ordained by God has nothing to do with this. I could just end the podcast here. I could just end it here. Because we like, not we, some of us, some of us like to do that, and I'm going to be particular to a lot of Christian women. They like to say, well, God has ordained it, and yet they're getting beat the fuck up. Chris is not abusive physically, at least the way he grabbed her arm in one of the episodes, he might be. But the point is, we would endure so much in a marriage because God hates divorce. Well, God's going to have to hate me, so <laughs> I'm getting bored, but you know what I'm talking about. Like there is this, I'm not dealing with, like I'm going to put my foot down now. I think sometimes God would give us signs for us to realize, hey, I have a brain. I have a brain. Let me use this. Let me access this brain. Wow. I have a brain to think. I have a brain to be um, critical in my thinking and my, in my thought process. Huh. This situation does not sound like an ordained marriage by God. 
Where is God? God is not here. God has nothing to do with this. Please stop saying God ordained this marriage, Paige. God ain't God is telling God is telling me to tell her. God, I have nothing to do with this girl. Like, you better get out. You in danger, girl. <laughs> Shout out to Whippy. But there is just this this uh this like fantastical mindset that many Christian women will have when it comes to marriage. Like, no, well, I'm just going to be this submissive and timid and this dutiful wife. There was a moment in the show when she shared with the pastor that she engaged in sex with him. They would have sex literally every day, she said. Every day, there was only three days where they when they didn't have sex, and that was primarily because he was not in the house, okay? He was just, he was just not physically there. That's why they didn't have sex. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh no, she doesn't want to, no, no, no. He was just not there. Even if she didn't want to, they would have had sex had he been there, okay? So she goes on to explain how she felt it was her duty to have sex with him, especially on their honeymoon night, because she's his wife and it is her duty to please her husband. And uh, this is so layered. This is so layered because in one hand, I believe both partners, right? Not just a wife thing. Because I feel like, you know, we don't recognize there are wives who cheat. Hello? <laughs> there are wives who will cheat. And that has a lot to do with the disconnect that happens in the marriage that is shown through lack of sex that is shown through lack of affection lack of commitment lack of something right um wherever there is a lack sometimes the partner will go outside to find the missing piece and it's not just a husband thing so with Paige she feels like you know it's her duty to do this and I think yeah has you know whenever I become a wife if that is you know what I choose to do um I I'm, I will be fucking my husband, right? That's not gonna not happen, right? But there is also, you have to say no sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to say, yeah, no, I don't wanna do it. No, I don't wanna do it. And especially if my husband, who I met at the altar for the first time, talking about, I'm not attracted to you, nigga, go to hell. Nigga, go to hell. Go to hell. In the words of my late cousin jo Joanna, go to hell. Like, there's no other way about it. <laughs> so, she has sex with him continuously. And she's also probably thinking, you know, us having sex could bring us together. You know, we could join because God ordained it. And, you know, with sex, it, it is a form of worship. If you want to be spiritual about it, you could praise God through your commitment, through your giving of your body to your partner and this is a way that God has ordained it, right? So I think, you know, not I think, I know she was thinking that way. She was being dutiful. She was doing her part as, Christ, as a Christian. And oftentimes when we do our part as Christian women, we are asked out, okay? It is to our expense. We are never reaping our harvest. We're not reaping the benefits. This nigga is out and about in town talking about he's not attracted to you and you're fucking him? Whew, okay, so there's more. 
So then he then tells her, okay, so they're in the honeymoon. He, he, uh, they finally come back. They don't even come back together to their, to Atlanta. This is where their, this season is, is stationed in. Um, they're supposed to come in together, go to their house together or their apartment together in particular. They all move to an apartment funded by the show and they're supposed to move into the apartment together and start the, the first few days of regular, normal daily life as husband and wife. And what does Chris do? He gets on the next flight to Chicago to be with his friends and family and his people out there to get his mind right. He's going to stay there for a few days, not even giving you a time frame, just a few days. So she moves back or she moves into their home, their marital home, and her husband is MIA, there's a missing person report. Like, that nigga is gone. That nigga is gone. And I'm just such, I'm in awe. I'm in awe because she is still soft-spoken. And again, I understand her because I was once this person. And I'm still mad because I'm like, damn, I wish I wish I was a little bit more aggressive than when I experienced a certain, you know, certain similar experiences that Paige is experiencing. But you know, you grow, you learn, you're you're better now. But God damn, I'm just so mad. So he moves, he finally comes back. He tells her, he even tells her over the phone. Prior to him coming back to the house, he tells her um that he wants to, that he's still in love with his ex-fiance, and he wants to make it work with her, and he wants a divorce from Paige. And he really wants to make it work with the ex-fiance because he doesn't want another man raising his kid. Here's the thing with that bullshit-ass excuse. Niggas would say, oh, I don't want a man raising my child. Are you raising your child? Are you even raising your child? Maybe this other man could be better at it, huh? Maybe this other man could actually be the father the child needs, huh? You ever thought about that? Did you ever think about the best interest of this child? You haven't? Wow. Because I can tell you right now, I don't know about you as a father. I don't, I don't, I, uh, we shouldn't judge the way he is in a relationship to the way he, I don't give a fuck. I think it's very telling to someone's character. Just in general, if you are so willing and able to just be a sh ain't shit ass nigga. I don't know if you're gonna be such a great dad. I don't know, I don't know, maybe you can be. But to give that excuse like, well, I don't want my child being raised by another man. Like, you know how, you know, sometimes men have this cockiness about them. Like, nah, ain't no other man raising my seed. But like, then you act right. How about you act right so you can learn how to be a man in order to raise a child? Never mind your own. Do you, do you have children around you you can help raise? Like, do you know what that is? Child, it's a whole list of things that I feel like, you know, it, it just ultimately goes back to passiveness in relationships. It goes back to this whole fantastical approach when it comes to marriage coming from a Christian woman's mindset, marriage has been seen as an idol. Honestly, marriage is something we've worshiped, that we have been taught to worship. 
if you're not a, a, a Proverbs 31 woman, right? If you're not virtuous, if you're not submissive, then you won't you won't receive the blessing of marriage. You won't receive the blessing of a husband. Yet, you know, there's scripture that says, he who finds a wife, right, finds a good thing. But there's so much pressure on the woman to be that wife, to be married, to like as if we could put ourselves in that wife position, as if we could get the nigga and just have him marry us. No, 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 the man has to make that pursuit to marry, to ask for our hand in marriage. Yet, for so many years, women, young girls, have been taught to see, to, to view marriage as an idol, has something to, like, niggas will worship marriage than they would Jesus. Jesus ain't, ain't got nothing on marriage. I could get married. I could get married. I, I could find out. I could have a husband. I could have this life that you are painting for me. Oh, it's, it only happens through marriage. Like there is just this horrible approach when it comes to marriage and motherhood, and it's just very tainted. And it explains it's partly why I'm just very hesitant on all of that because one thing about me, I don't ever want to be trapped. And yes, you could get a divorce, right? But ultimately, I don't want to. You know, whatever. I, I don't want to ever get trapped. I don't want to ever be tied down to somebody to a situation and then be like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> what, the, what did I do? Isn't there a cartoon character? Is that Daffy Duck? Oh no, something's going on. What did I, some, what did he say? Is this something? Let me know if you guys figure it out. But there's a card, was it Daffy Duck? Uh, what, ooh, what's going on now? <laughs> he does his voice. <laughs> okay, what did, like, what the fuck did I do? Like. I don't want to be trapped. I don't, and motherhood is another form of trapping to me as well. I don't want to be trapped and suddenly my identity is not mine. Suddenly the goals and dreams and hopes and aspirations and wishes and all of these things that I have for myself is suddenly not a factor anymore because I'm a mother and I'm a wife. And because the way marriage and motherhood was taught to me, I just, oof. Like, all that scares the shit out of me. Like, I, yeah. Nigga, you have to show up and show out and be that be that man and not that nigga for me to even consider bearing your seed. So, all of that to say, <laughs> there's niggas. <laughs> and what else, y'all? And there's men. There's niggas and there's men. And, you know, I just, you know, what does it look like to be not page, right? To not be a page in a relationship. Um, know yourself, know your worth. Be, be aware of what's happening in the moment. Don't just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, God had it ordained or the experts knew what they were doing when they matched. No, they didn't. This is a fucking joke. This is a joke. You've been bamboozled. You could sue Lifetime, Viacom, BET, find BET to come, you know, to sue them. You could find a way to get some money out of this because child, she is being bamboozled. 
And I also want to just make a point that shyness and timidness, you know, is a downfall. And it sucks for me to even say that because growing up, I wasn't, there's been times when I've been shy, okay? There's been times when I've been timid. There's been times when I would even be, yeah, introverted. I would even sometimes describe myself sometimes now as introverted, very very rarely it depends on the environment that i'm in but i realize it's not even introverted it's, it's just if i'm not comfortable in an environment i'm not going to really be my whole self there i may be quiet and reserved so i don't think that's introverted is i feel like oftentimes though with being an introvert with being shy with being timid you are going to experience worse situations because you're afraid to speak up for yourself because you're not bold enough in yourself you know you know what's so funny i have i won't obviously tell well it it won't matter but i one of my passwords for it whatever i'm not gonna be specific i don't know who's gonna hack me i got hackers listening but one of my passwords uses the word bold i put the word bold in my password bold is blank okay i'm just gonna say that i put bold in my password because i realize there's been times throughout my life when i wasn't as bold as i could have been i wasn't speaking up for myself as i could have been and i have made the deliberate choice to include boldness as my um, one of the words in my vocabulary has a way to show up as such. You know how you just start talking about being something and then you eventually become that? So I realized I've had bold, bold is in my, in a few of my passwords. And now I realize, wow, I'm bold. I am a bold woman you know i done bold things i've been brave i've been or oh, i am brave i i, I showed dis- displays of bravery of boldness and of confidence and had i been shy still had had i been timid still i would have never made the experiences that i'm experiencing now a reality i would have never finally moved to Houston. Um, I would have never stepped out on faith. I would have never um, finally put that Boston Bay nigga on block. Child, I just, that nigga never really gave a fuck about me. (laughs) At the end of the day, that is just hilarious to me. And it's not on some, like, I don't desire him. I don't, I don't miss him. No, it's just, Again, when you get out of something and you realize, damn, this this is really what it was, it's just it really just kind of fucks up with your mental for a moment. And that's what I'm just sharing right now. So please don't worry, I will not talk to Boston Bay again. I know my listeners have been through an emotional roller coaster when it comes to me and Boston Bay. <laughs> okay. I will have listeners <laughs> talk to me about him in person. <laughs> like, damn, I need help. <laughs> but I, yeah, he's still on block. I do wonder, I, you know, naturally, because I'm, I'm gonna be a wonderer. Um, I wonder if he realized that he's blocked. I wonder if he's like regretting how he's treated me. I wonder if he is even thinking of other ways to contact me if he could or if he just like okay whatever 
<laughs> finally she blocked me you know finally uh she took the way out even though i've given her many opportunities to leave me she finally took the way out and stayed out i don't know i do wonder that because i think about chris and Paige again because I, I see some relation there with my experience with boston bay and maybe a few other guys i've dated um Chris and Paige, I see some, some similarities that I've experienced in my dating history. And Chris has presented many opportunities for Paige to be like, peace, nigga. <laughs> peace. Bye. I'm gone. Yet she stayed. Yet she stayed. Yet she continued. She stayed after he told her, I'm not attracted to you. She stayed after... He has continuously used her for just sex and hasn't cared to make an emotional connection with her. Um, he stayed after going back and forth with her saying how he he would rather his son to or his child, I don't know if it's a son or daughter, to not his pending child to not be raised by a stranger. And he's considered going back to his ex but he decided that no he's gonna stick out the marriage like even saying stick out the marriage that's enough for me to be like nigga bye like i just i cannot i cannot i cannot child um that's what i really just want to get over to you guys that god is not an excuse to stay in situations that are not healthy that's the ultimate message I want you guys to get away from today's episode. God is not an excuse to stay in marriages, in relationships that are not healthy. And sure, a marriage will go through trying times, right? You may experience infidelity in a marriage. You may experience... Uh, I don't know, lack of care. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm not married. I don't know what else What else do niggas experience in marriages. <laughs> but the point is there will be leaps, or what is it, hills and valleys, you know, peaks and valleys. That's what I'm trying to say. That is normal, right? I just think there's a certain point when you have to say to yourself, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, just ask, look in the mirror and be like, your name, say your name. What the fuck am I doing? No, don't put God in this. God has nothing to do. What the fuck? Well, God, God has nothing to do with this. And I think if we were not, if, you know, and I'm saying we has in, you know, many Christian women, if we were not raised to believe, I know men aren't listening. I know men are listening to this episode. So just giving y'all some context, the way that many Christian women were raised, you know, the way we were, if we were not raised that way, if if religion was even a thing, right? If if um, believing in certain ideologies and um, worshiping marriage, if marriage wasn't an idol to many Christian women, then we would, many of us in our adult lives would not have experienced the level of abuse in relationships. It all goes back to the church. <laughs> but you know, like there is just this, you, until you grow up and grow into more of who you are, you realize there's a lot of manipulation that has been had throughout different practices in your life. Whether it's through family traditions that has been toxic and you realize 
now that you're grown, oh, hmm, maybe, maybe <laughs> this person, let me not even go there, but you know, maybe this tradition is not the healthiest, right? Maybe sweeping this under the rug hasn't really been helping anyone's psyche, right? Um, you realize the practice in certain churches and certain religions haven't really been conducive to your well-being now that you are an adult and you could think for yourself. Now, continue that thought process. Start having conversations. Start talking to people outside of your circle. Oftentimes, we are just with people who always say the same things, who always think the same, who will always stay in that same 2002 mindset, 1998 mindset, 95 mindset, when it's like, bitch, it's 2021, and you're still thinking like this? A lot of people are, are arrested in their development. A lot of people are arrested in their development. They don't know how to function in this world today, in the ideologies that are now presented in the in the um, breaking of what was and what um, was seen as normal. A lot of people have not been moved from that. And it leads to many Christian women being in these abusive relationships and in abusive marriages and it's just very, it's a cautionary tale. So I hope the listeners and um, anyone who watches the show as well, just, child, be careful. <laughs> just be careful. God is not an excuse. Let's not add God. God has nothing to do with that mess. And use your emotional intelligence. Use your intelligence overall. There is some... Like, there's a reason why we have brains, right? There's a reason why we have these other parts of ourselves. Instead of just being this aloof dumbass, it's just, it just goes down to that. It goes down to that. Child, I'm going to end it here. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll check in with you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.